0: sport tech with abu where you can listen anywhere on your portable devices this is a series of episodes with different topics discussed on disabilities different backgrounds religious sports technology and people in the disability section because we're always trying to be equal and be equalized with everyone so you can listen to this on your various platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, Acast, Google Podcasts or any other platforms, online podcast services that are out there. And you're joined with your host Abu Bakr, the podcast called Sport Tech with Abu. So subscribe, like, comment and share. Sport Tech with Abu. We don't only talk about sports and tech, we talk all other documents and topics because we're always equalised. Equaliser. Today we're talking about Glaucoma and we've got some guests on the phone line so if you've got any questions please call on the studio number 0161 883 2255 or you can text the number guys
1: 07751939396
0: Okay so guys if you just want to give your name one by one and what your role is, what you do Hi, welcome
2: um, and thank you for having us. My name is Bhavini and here today um, I'm representing the BAME Vision group, uh, which I chair, and we're talking about eye drops and maintaining
3: them during Ramadan. Assalamu alaikum, and uh, to all the listeners, uh, Ramzan Mubarak from Subar I'm a clinical pham- uh, pharmacist and uh, interested in uh, eye drops, which I've been working since last
2: about more than about uh, 15 years, and especially eye drops usage during Ramadan has been my uh, talk since last uh, five, four years or so. <laughs> and also Ramadan Mubarak to all the listeners and Assalamualaikum. So I'm a visually impaired um, individual so I'm coming with the user experience as I myself have glaucoma and also on medication for, for it yeah.
0: Thank you very much guys. So Dr Shabazz, if you want to give a bit of a presentation, you said you had a bit of a presentation range for today's session as well, Uh, actually you used to work in glaucoma but you'll be leaving soon for a break? I've been with uh, glaucoma UK since last about eight years now and I'm living as a charity and I will be doing uh, uh, personal and uh, with BME work as well. Uh, I'm not a doctor but I'm a clinical pharmacist. Now what happened was about nearly six years ago with a consultant friend from Ashford Hospital We came to know that quite a large number of our Muslim residents who are on eye drops whether they are on glaucoma eye drops or uh, for after cataract surgical uh, eye drops or for even uh, dry ice
3: eye drops. Now the issue started coming in the sense that large number of of patients, glaucoma patients who have to use glaucoma drugs throughout the life to preserve their eyesight and to control the intraocular pressure or eye pressure, which causes issues. If not controlled, then we start losing our eyesight. Because glaucoma is a very silent disease, it does not have any symptoms. That is one situation. Putting in the eye drops is also a little bit of a problem because nobody teaches you how to put the eye drops in and these eye drops are for life. During the holy month of Ramadan, we found out quite a large number of our Muslim patients, they they stopped taking the drops. The reason which I found out was you know when you put the drops in your eye we have got a passage between the eye and the nose when you put the drop in the natural reflex of people is to drink hard it is a natural reflex. but when it happens like that the drop 20 percent of the drop actually passes through that nasal lacrimal duct or that means there is a passage between the eye and the nose you know when we become emotional we become teary we start sniffing because our Tears go through that little tube and goes into the back of the throat. I came to know that quite a large number of fasting patients felt that if, if when the drop goes back into the mouth, we break the fast. So this is one of the major issue which came up. Another thing was once the patients stopped taking the drops and they do not perceive or feel any benefit of it. It's a treatment for a non A symptomless disease for a long time. It's like diabetes. You know, you don't have symptoms and still you have to keep on taking drugs all the time or like even blood pressure tablets so likewise here you have to take this medication prevent uh, sight loss or vision loss after speaking with quite a number of uh, my doctor friends and then uh, professor ansari at medicine hospital who was a very dear friend of mine he suggested that we get into touch with uh, muslim council of training And there was a doctor also on on the board, and we found the easier way of actually teaching and informing our people uh, fast during this this holy month of Ramadan. It was very simple. Mm -hmm. If you are prescribed drugs twice a day, that means morning and evening, during the daytime, we just shift the dosing when we break the fast, say in the morning and iftar in the evening. During the Ramadan period, we must remember that when you are breaking the fast during iftar time, that is the time to put in the drops. There are different drops,
0: say for example, for after cataract surgery, antibiotic drops are there, dexamethasone drops are there, and for you have to take the drops three, four times and during the daytime. There is again a very simple solution for this. How to stop this drop getting inside the mouth? You know, when you put the drop in, in the eye, gently close the eye first. And with the tip of the finger, just at the corner of the eye, which is near to the nose, just under the eyebrow, when you feel there, you'll find a little sort of a bump there. You just place it there for about a minute after putting the drop in, and the drop will not go into the system. However, Having spoken to learned uh, people from our community, we have found out that uh, for saving the eyesight, I want to get uh, Sister Masuma's uh, on this as well experience because she said she had glaucoma as well. and yes. Have you ever done during the Ramadan? Have you had, a, had any experience when you took eye drops in your Ramadan? I always had glaucoma. Um, it's congenital, so for me, eye drops have been a part
2: of my life and that Sebastian has just spoken about, if they will continue to be a part of my life. And Ramadan is a special time of the year for Muslims. And they want to try and maximize what they gain from, from, from that month. And you know, fasting is, is the key element to it. So I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to experience everything else you know, that people in my community would be experiencing. So initially, I was one of these people who believed that I wasn't allowed to continue with my eye drops during the month. However, I was fortunate because I had the awareness of knowing the detrimental impact it would have if I stopped taking them. And I then found out, and as Sebastian's made reference, that it is perfectly acceptable to continue your eye drops and fast at the same time. And it's so important that people do put their drops in because you may stop your drops, you will fast for the month, and then you won't find out immediately what impact that's had on your sight. The month of Ramadan isn't about making yourself ill. It isn't about causing yourself other health consequences. I urge people out there to ensure they continue with any eye drop medication and my eyes also become really dry. And this is a particularly issue, you know, in summer months or if the weather's very cold as well. So I need to put in regular drops throughout the day to maintain that lubrication. And again, if I didn't put that in, it becomes uncomfortable. It's not a pleasant experience. But I've never stopped my medication during Ramadan. So I fast and
0: I do my eye drops. And um I've got a vision impairment I'm registered blind with RP The only time uh, I take my eye drop when I've got a dried eye And it always happens every once three months or in a blue moon So Dr Shabazz, what's the view around that if it's not a regular thing And it only comes like once in a blue moon What's done around that It's an excellent question you asked Abu As
3: well as you know what Masuma said about it We live in a country here where the climatic changes are Quite often. Mm-hmm. Also, the use of uh, screen time has increased, like using our tech. You know, we watch the TV, we, we use some uh, iPhones all the time, uh, smartphones all the time, or tablets all the time. And this is the cause of the dryness of the eyes because of the weather, or because it's gets cold, we are in a warm house as well. as mm-hmm. said that lubricating eye drops should be used the moment you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Another uh, thing is with uh, a dry eyes is that and this is a question i always ask the patients when i'm speaking about it that when you feel that your eyes are watering so that is one of the symptoms of the dry eyes and that has to be brought back to the balance of getting the tear film back uh into our eyes so the lubricating eye drops can be utilized throughout the year three four once, as much as to get the comfort back, and as Masuma said, it is very important to have your eyes comfortable, otherwise, it does cause other problems. The dry eyes will land into blepharitis, infection of the eyelids, so there are quite a number of issues with we'll walking if you're not using the
2: drugs
0: correctly. I tend to get watery eyes when it's like cold or if it's windy weather.
2: Yeah. going to sleep on our regular times because if may be late. What happens is that we lose our regular sleep. You know, we're not getting a constant six to eight hours of sleep. And that in itself has an impact on the eye and how lubricated they feel. So one of the things that people may find is that actually their eyes were okay a week before Ramadan, but the moment Ramadan started and the sleep produced, their eyes will start drying up. So again, you know, it just highlights the importance that maintaining those drops will ensure that the month of fasting remains comfortable for their health of the the eye. May I add something, Masuma,
3: here?
4: Yes, please go ahead.
3: What happens again? I have realized one thing that the hydration during Ramadan period, you know, because we stop taking uh, fruits during the daytime. Absolutely. And uh, hydration is very important. And this is another factor that after about a week or so, the eyes start feeling very gritty and uh, they start becoming dry because we are not taking enough water, at the okay. time, which is very, very essential to maintain the balance for the healthy healthy tear. Every time we blink, our eyes get a a coating of a film, that is a tear and that tear has got a balance it has got an eye oily layer it has got a watery layer, it has got a fatty layer and this is a balanced tear now when the eyes become dry, this balance goes off, and when the balance goes off, then the whole recycling starts and the only thing which the eye can produce is the water and that's why we get the watering of the eye so it is very essential to understand that during the Ramadan period, it is very essential to manage your Healthy eyesurface <laughs> by using the duplicating
2: eye drops. Chest Masooma. I mean, there's no point having a good Ramadan and
0: then finding you have to end up in hospital I like, each time because you didn't take the medication. <laughs> um, I okay. just want to assist uh, Masooma. Um, was it from birth or did it come from genetic? Because mine was genetic. Mine it is from birth. It's
2: congenital. They haven't necessarily been able to identify. though um, as it doesn't run in the kind of immediate family however it's one of those things where just don't
0: know if you know several generations down the line whether somebody has a form of sight loss or not okay and i know someone that's got rp with cataracts have you ever operated it or have you still got cataracts So in
2: my case the cause of my sight wasn't the cataracts it's the glaucoma right. and as the hash has already touched upon that it's a silent uh, loss of eyesight you know there are no symptoms until it's too late and unfortunately glaucoma is one of those conditions that's irreversible so once you've lost your sight from glaucoma the chances of it coming back are pretty much non-existent and this is where that importance of taking the eye drops comes in because it can't be reversed once that sight's gone unfortunately there's very little that can be done. I don't know if the Pash has any further comments to kind of add to that or just back up what I said. No, you're absolutely a Must customer. A- you know, I have been working in glaucoma fields mm. this last about 20 years. If you catch up glaucoma early, the treatment starts early. The main idea behind glaucoma is because it is asymptomatic, there are no symptoms, it is very silent disease, and once you lose the blood,
0: That, um, have you got any question for Dr. Shabazz or Sister Masuma? I think Sister Masuma was mentioning that the glaucoma and losing of eyesight is very problematic, but it just happens. But is there any like telltale signs or anything that one can look out for, or not really? Unfortunately, there really
2: isn't. I mean, the patients who have had glaucoma for a long time can get to a stage where they're able to detect whether they're playing up a little bit and this is down to the softness or the hardness of the eyes but i would not recommend that any of the listeners out there judge their pressure based on how their eyes feel this is it is something that requires a professional to to check for you it is one of those things that unfortunately there really are no symptoms until you wake up and you're like oh wait I I can't see, like I can't see from this bit Like is this normal? Sometimes people even put that off Like they just think, oh I'm having a bad day And you don't notice that change immediately Until it's significant enough where it's impacting your day-to-day life Just giving you an example of what you're saying First of all, it is very essential that everyone should get their eyes examined At least once in two years And especially after 40 years of age And that is where it will be picked up if any pressure changes are there, it is the optician which will up, and then the
3: reference will be to the hospital, so please get your eyes examined very, very regularly. This disease has got no symptoms except in one of the conditions when, if it's a closed angle glaucoma, then it's a completely different story, but most of the glaucoma are open angle glaucoma, and that has to be really, uh, I mean, coded up very correctly, and also you drops very very regularly and it is very essential to look after our eyes
2: as well I think the other thing is you know whilst the uh, regular eye tests help detect glaucoma it can they can also assist in detecting other conditions as well so you know if, if someone's experiencing high blood pressure for example so it has a multiple benefits for having an eye test. Absolutely
3: agree with you, especially with our Indian population, people from Indian subcontinent, we all suffer from diabetes, quite a large number of people. And diabetic retinopathy is one of the very big issues. In fact, we had brought Dr. Sheena George from Hillingham
0: Hospital uh, on one of the radio talks. And uh, in future, if you really want her to come and give a talk, she really, she's an excellent presenter for diabetic retinopathy. Oh, definitely. Thank you for that, Dr. Uh, Schwarz. And also, we have covered uh, diabetes on our previous shows and our club, Lancashire Lions, uh, that we play blind cricket. We did a one-month steps count for people who had Fitbit watches. So I've got one of the Fitbit watches as well and I play for Lancashire Lions. And we managed to raise that target within 30 days for people with diabetes or diabetic. And there's a boxer called Muhammad Ali. He's diabetic and he was part of the scheme as well and luckily we managed to raise the scheme and we had to raise £500 for the uh, the funding uh, foundation yeah, and we managed brilliant. to do it in one, within 30 days. Brilliant, in fact my nephew yeah, he's an employer for uh, the Blind Cricket Association, yes. If people wanted to get in contact with you or ask more questions, do you, are you guys on social media or contact details? we don't only talk about sports and tech we talk all other documents and topics because we're always equalized equalizer Not the equaliser, because this is the Sport Tech with Abu podcast.
4: My name is Colin Daniels and I work for the Macular Society.
0: Could you give us a bit of a background of the sight loss as well? Because you've got some kind of sight loss as well. Yeah,
4: I've got starvate disease, but I'm 48. I started having trouble with my vision when I was about eight years old. So Stargardt disease is a macular disease, so it affects my central vision. So I registered as severely sight impaired, everything that comes with that really. So, you know, I, you know, name it and I got it. So guide dogs talking stuff, you know.
0: Okay, so a bit about Macular Society, do you want to just give a bit of a background of the actual organisation, what it is, what they provide to people that have got the sight loss or vision impairment like myself, I've got vision impairment registered blind with RP.
4: Okay, well the Macular Society uh, has been around for 30 years, we are the organisation that funds research into macular disease. So there's various types of macular degeneration. The main uh, cause of sight loss in the UK today is something called age-related macular degeneration. But there are uh, some conditions that affect uh, younger people as well, macular dystrophies. So what we do uh, is we fund research into macular disease, all types of macular disease. That's for the, It's treatment, uh, prevention and, and potential cure. In the future that's our main aim, is to put ourselves out of business. Um, and and um, to offer information and support to people with the condition. So as you understand yourself, I believe the uh, the problem with sight loss is that it can affect you in many different ways. Uh, So we offer information and and sort of support around how to live day-to-day with macular disease, whether that's through peer support, by talking to other people with the same condition as yourself, uh, or daily living skills, so... uh, you know, information around equipment and what equipment to use and adjustments to make in the home. We're very much an information led service. We have a, a network of peer support groups around the country, uh, there's over 400 of them. Um, supporting mainly people with age-related macular disease, but there are a few for, for working age and younger people as well, um, because the peer support that they need is, a, is a slightly different. These uh, groups are run by uh, by an army of volunteers for the society, so we're very grateful to be able to do that. We also uh, have an advice and information service, so a, a helpline a number, which you can contact and, and to talk about everything macular. So. Whether it's a local, uh, uh, looking for local support or treatment or just understanding a bit about, more about your own condition or that of a relative. Cause as you know, information is power. So the more information you have about a condition you have, the better. Another service we have, um, because losing your sight is difficult, uh, and can be really sort of taxing on your, on your mental health. So we have a, a counselling service as well. So these are, trained, fully trained counsellors who offer the opportunity to talk about uh, your feelings around your condition and and how you're um, changing and adapting to the world with your new sight loss one of the, uh, the, the benefits of our service as well is that, of the counselling service that is, is that they'll also talk to family members. So if a family member is finding it quite difficult to adjust as well, they'll talk to those. And that includes parents with young people with, with macular disease um, and also young people themselves. So some of our, a couple of our counsellors can counsel people from the age of 16, which is really, really good because you can find, feel quite isolated with sight loss and especially. If you've got a sight loss that's quite rare, so if you're going to come it's very difficult to come across someone with that condition, especially if you're a bit younger. Um, but we, we do lots of other things. I mean, I could go on for this for, for, for hours and hours, so, uh, but uh, we have a befriending service, a telephone befriending service, and my service that I run, which is a, a service for working age and young people, um so I offer information and support around employment, welfare benefits. I've got a massive Facebook group with, with nearly 600 members now, all with different types of macular disease, talking to each other every day. I talk to professionals about, uh, this, to uh, professionals, and uh, teachers about macular disease and how it, uh, how it affects people. It's a very busy job. Um, okay,
0: thank and, you very much for that. And, uh, so like you were saying, you, Uh, support children what is the start age and what is the end age or can it be any age and people like are on benefits I'm on ESA and PIP but some might be on Universal or different benefits what do you help with them as well to get onto benefits and employment side as well or is it just for when they want to get into school education
4: macular disease uh, tends to affect older people really Um, so age related macular degeneration um, tends to affect older people young people Uh, children um, sort of from about the age of eight but most It can start affecting people, but there's some people that are a bit younger, most macular dystrophies, late teens, early twenties, tend to be the starting point. But everyone's an individual, as you know, so it's really hard to say, hard to pin it down. I give advice around benefits. So I I will advise people what they're entitled to, whether that be, as you've mentioned, PIP, ESA, or Universal Credit, but I will find somebody in the local area to support them with making a claim. Um, i think that's more beneficial so uh, having local support is, is is a real benefit to, to somebody and i put um, all people through uh the access to work scheme and things like that if they are if they are working uh and trying to help them stay in work we want people to stay in work not um not stop
0: it's true you have to have people in work but um with access to work is it only to do with work or can it be done with, uh, through voluntary or work experience or if you're an internship apprentice or is it only to do with work? I've read it in the past as well. I don't know what the rules are now, but they always change as well. The rule of thumb is that you need to be in paid employment to have access to work. They have
4: just started an internship. So if you're on an internship, you can pick up access to work for that. Voluntary work, sadly not. Um, still still impossible to, to um, have access to work for voluntary work. But it's always worth talking to your local society. So whatever local sight loss organisation you've got in your area you want to go and do some voluntary work some local societies are able to maybe lend some kit out if you need some bits and pieces to help you do that voluntary work, always worth having a conversation with them, okay. apprenticeships obviously is paid work so so if you're a young person leaving school, going into an apprenticeship access to work is also there for you
0: Before the COVID-19 it's been a year now we've been in the coronavirus so before the 23rd of March 2020 and now we're in 2020. March 24th how did it affect the actual organization and now do you think it's been worth doing it through zoom and teams
4: and all these other online so what was the experience before and after now and going forward we support predominantly older people most of that was done um, face-to-face in our massive network of groups Um the befriending was over, always over the phone but we, we moved everything online uh everything onto the phone or as you say Zoom. Ninety percent of our of our peer support groups for, for older people and for the working age people are now on the telephone. In actual fact, what was the real benefit of that was some some people that were unable to get to the groups because of transport or just confidence or whatever their reason might have been. The fact that it went onto the phone meant that they were able to go and get some peer support in these groups, which was fantastic. We realised quite quickly that people were going to have quite difficulties using some of this technology. So we set up a service called Connect by Tech. It means if you contact the Mac Society and say you're having problems with, with a particular piece of equipment, maybe an iPad or your laptop or whatever Um, one of our volunteers will give you a call and try and sort out that over the phone so it might be accessibility settings or something like that we can't guarantee to fix them all because it's over the phone but we've you know we've had over 200 um, calls on that and we've supported Positively, so with a nice, good outcome. Over ninety percent of the people that have called us, which is fantastic. And the other thing that we've done, which is really good, is that we've started holding monthly webinars. So there's two types. There's a webinar uh, every month about a age-related macular degeneration um and things related to that. Its condition, it's the, the treatment. Maybe some of the things that um, you might suspect, like. Um, nutrition or certificates of vision impairment that sort of stuff the other side is the ones that i run as part of my service so i've got one tomorrow actually um on on specific conditions because there's so many different types of macular dystrophies that affect younger people doing webinars on different we call them virtual clinics on different conditions so my one tomorrow is on Doyne honeycomb dystrophy uh, which is a very rare condition but with a leading uh, researcher who's going to talk about that the research that she's doing into the condition uh, at the management of potential treatment and eventual cure, obviously, because that's always the aim of the game, isn't it? To find that, find that uh, that cure at the end of the rainbow. And next month is really exciting too, because there's a condition called Charles Bonnet syndrome, um, which affects quite a lot of people um, with with uh, macular disease. It's been on Coronation Street quite recently, funny enough. One of the characters got Charles Bonnet syndrome, but one of the uh, professor uh, Professor Maria Mustogi from uh, Moorfield is going to come and talk about about Charles Bonnet syndrome for children, because it does affect kids as well. So that's next month. So, um, so keep an eye out on the the Macular Society website for some news about that.
0: I've been volunteering and I help out with all the, all the people with the RIB and with the different voluntary services. And it's quite amazing how many. Uh, site conditions or syndromes are out there how many do you think that out there because there's loads and loads if anyone <laughs> wanted to uh, get hold of yourself or like want to volunteer work for this society how can they actually start volunteering working for you guys
4: occasionally we have jobs come up um, which which you can look for on our website um, but we're always looking for volunteers and the way to look for volunteers uh, for voluntary roles with us of course is through our website we're looking for always looking for telephone offenders always so if you if you like chatting to people um you, you know on a, on a monthly basis or a full daily basis uh, you, you know, volunteer to be a, one of our volunteer befrienders. I've got some other job, uh, voluntary roles around uh, mentoring, the Connect by Tech volunteers, always looking for connections a bit whizzy on your old IT and fancy supporting people over the phone. That's another uh, that's sort of service that you can do. Um, but you can always just ring the, um, the Macular Society uh, um, advice and information service if you want support yourself or your family wants to support uh, or you want information. So our, our support line is 0300 3030 30 111. So that's 0300 3030 111. Or you can email help at macularsociety.org. Help at macularsociety.org which is H E L P at m-a-c-u-l-a-r-s-o-c-i-e-t-y dot O-R-G
0: Before we finish it would be good to get hold of again once this is done and because I do podcasts as well uh, on Sport Tech with Abu so it's like uh, Sport Tech uh, on different
4: technology and all that Colin Daniels I work for the Macular Society
0: Sport Tech with Abu We don't only talk about sports and tech we talk all other documents and topics because we're always equalised equaliser Not the equaliser, because this is the Sport Tech with Abu podcast. We've got a teacher with us. It's Abdurrahman's teacher. Uh, before the lockdown uh, last year, he was teaching Abdurrahman. And he used to go to his class every Monday and in- every Tuesday. Is that right, Abdurrahman? Yeah, every Monday and Tuesday. Jazakumullah for having me on the show. My name is Muhammad Zakaria. I am the imam at the Stockport Muslim
1: Foundation Center. And uh, also, I am uh, a qualified uh, medical scientist that I completed my master's in uh, 2019, alhamdulillah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, alhamdulillah, I spend most of my time, uh, as you are aware, attending, uh, you attended my class as well, uh, trying to teach the Quran and the teachings
0: of the Prophet ta'ala, mm-hmm. wasalam, along with the duties of uh, leading the prayers and the Jum'ah, Qutbah, etc. You've been teaching Abdulman lately via Zoom uh, on a weekend, is that correct?
2: We have had some classes on WhatsApp. WhatsApp video we use, oh uh, Zoom we use, and the technology we have, uh, you know, that we have started to utilize now. It's easy that those people could have that classes physically, uh, they can listen to it in the of their home, uh,
1: you know, especially sometimes it's a report lessons, if there's anything they didn't understand or any questions they could have asked at that time.
0: You know, they can make a note of that in their own time and ask uh, them questions at a uh, later Could you just tell the listeners uh, some, because it's an Islamic radio station, but some people might be listening. They uh, might not be doing Ramadan and like that. So, if you just call, tell them what actually Ramadan is, because we might know what it is, but someone listening, they
1: might not know what it As-salamu al-Rahim. So we are very fortunate, Alhamdulillah, that once again Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has blessed us. And the month of Ramadan is about to dawn upon us. The month of Ramadan is a month of great blessing, a month of mercy, a month of forgiveness, uh, a month of salvation from hellfire. And this is a great gift to the Ummah of the Prophet <inaudible> and, and the month of Ramadan in essence is Allah taala giving us that opportunity to draw closer to Him. It is mentioned in Sahih Hadith in Bukhari that the Prophet said when the Ramadan approaches yeah. and enters, the doors and the gates of Jannah of Paradise are open and the doors and the gates of Hellfire are closed. In shayatim, the devils are chained. Which means it is easier
0: for us to do good tea. Can I just ask you a quick question, Hafizab? Yes, brother, go ahead. You mentioned that Shayateen are locked up. Yeah. But why is it then we still sin? V- very good and very
1: important question. A lot of uh, <laughs> the youngsters also have this question. And the month of Ramadan, you see brother is a month of blessings. It That's is right. a month that is designed and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us to fast in this month (laughs) I have have been commanded to fast so that we are aware that although you know when we have some CCTV some surveillance that is watching we are aware and we are more uh, careful about our actions the same way we should remember that when there is no one that is watching us there is always Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the all seeing, the all hearing whatever we are thinking in our hearts Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is even aware of that. So this month is actually a month of training to prepare us for the remaining 11 months. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the will. That's right, And yes. He has given us our nafs, And this is what this training is about. This is what this discipline is about. You know, we will have food and drink in our home, but we will not eat that food and drink from the time of tahri till the time of iftar. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us to refrain from that. The same way we have our desires, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the option to choose from right and wrong. Mm. You know, the time of prayer, the love prayer just came in, answer will come in. You know, we all are aware about these prayers, the five daily prayers. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us that option that do we leave everything we are doing and go and attend the call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or do we continue what we are doing? And this is where the levels of Iman come in. So the, to answer your question in a nutshell, this is our nafs. You know, the shaitan whispers in our ears, but it's our, our actual actions that go ahead and we do those disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save us and protect us from the whispers of shaitan. And this is why um, we have to train our nafs um, and our self desires. And this is why it is a
0: disciplining process this month of Ramadan. So it's our nafs, our desires really, that kick in and then take us into the sins, right? Yes. We need to control our desires. We
2: need to control our nafs. Thank you. This is why Allah
1: Subh'anaHu Wa Taala has given us this month of Ramadan. This is why we have this month, you know, to prepare us for the other remaining 11 months. That like we need to control ourselves when it is time to pray. And this is something we need to in terms of preparing for Ramadan. The timetables are we need to make the firm intention that we will be offering our prayers, five daily prayers, that we will not be wasting time. You know, so much time is wasted on social media, so much time is wasted uh, with television and, uh, you know, uh, doing this gossip, especially for the youngsters on the PlayStation. We need to make the most of these few days that come in the month of Ramadan. So outside of the month of Ramadan, our habits remain the same. You know, it is not about just for one month, we do all the changes and then after this month finishes oh. Like you said, go back to our habits No, the whole purpose is that this month We change our habits and we remain set back on the try, recite a portion of the Quran and every really day, try and learn something new About our religion, about the Prophet The
2: month of Ramadan
0: is to train ourselves for the other 12 months So that we Keep doing those things, we don't you mean leave months. it. <laughs> yeah, other 11 months. Uh, Friday is usually the best day of the week uh, because of Jummah al Mubarak and during Ramzan as well. The last Friday of the <laughs> Jummah of uh, Ramzan is always key as well because it's the last Jummah of Ramadan and then you've got the Eid al Fitr. Yes, SubhanAllah. So every single day in the month of Ramadan, mm-hmm. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, because you're
1: aware, Ramadan is split into three portions first 10 days are the days that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had added to the days of mercy. Ashara of Ashara in the word, in Arabic means 10. The 10 days of mercy. the 10 days of And finally we have the 10 days of salvation from the hellfire. So each and every moment in the month of Ramadan is a blessed moment. And as, like you said, Friday, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the entire week Mm. chose the day Friday and made it the master of days. Likewise, He chose, He looked at the entire year and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose the month of Ramadan and made it the great month. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose all the night and chose the night of power and made it the greatest of nights. The month of Ramadan is an immensely important month. Mm. So much so that, you know, when we pray our is our compulsory action. When we do that in the month of Ramadan,
0: Like you said, Layab that's the last time, but because of during of the COVID 19 now, I don't know if people will be go- uh, Normally, they do go into the mosque and uh, do the last 10 days, but I'm presuming they will be doing in the houses this time. So, yeah, one thing like I would like to
1: mention from uh, with yourselves and through the radio station to those that are listening, you know, Alhamdulillah, this year we have the opportunity where the massages, the mosques are open as compared to last year last year we experienced the month of ramadan in such a way that no one could imagine that there would be a time where the masjid would be closed mm-hmm. this year alhamdulillah the masjids are open mm-hmm. and obviously we will be following the procedures and the social distancing but many places are offering the tarawih prayer a special prayer in the night where majority of places the entire quran is recited. Follow your local masjid and uh, their guidelines, what they are informing you about and try and make that extra effort to go into the masjid for the night prayer. Inshallah. Because this was not something we could do last year. Mm. No. And here we have the opportunity, although the numbers are limited and we will need to follow the social distancing, but yet it is a blessing not to be taken for granted and make that extra effort. You know, as I said, the month of Ramadan is a few days, it will come and it will go before we even know it. So it is about making the most of the month of Ramadan. In terms of iftar, uh, majority of places in the masjid, as we used to have iftar about two years ago, they will not be having iftar in that way. But nonetheless, the prayers will still be performed. So if we can, those people can, those masajids, I know there are many masajids, especially in Manchester, the locality, that are offering Salatul al even for our jamaat, uh, the five daily prayers, social distancing, bringing your own prayer mat, and um, going to the masjid with a bag, putting your shoes in your own bag, that is all taking place. So make an extra effort to go
0: make the most of the month of Ramadan sure. thank you before we let you go uh, brother um, just I sort would of like to say on the back of that yes so uh, if you do have your mosque local mosque that's open please take your own prayer mat make sure you've got a hand sanitizer and a bag for your shoes and make sure a under 10 doesn't come with you or over 65 doesn't come as well because uh, we're trying to Make the social distancing and the on the, the uh, rate to stay low And brother, uh, brother, could you say a nice beautiful dua before we let you go And if anyone wants to get hold of you, how can they get hold of you? If you have
1: any questions inshaAllah um, You can follow me inshaAllah on the Facebook Of course I'm available at the Masjid inshaAllah At Rahman You can take my program in inshaAllah JazakAllah um, khair for this opportunity And I would like to wish all the listeners Ramadan Mubarak, Ramadan Kareem. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the opportunity in this year, this Ramadan, to fast. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the opportunity to perform our talaatul taraweeh, and all our prayers. And let us grow closer to Him in this month of Ramadan. And And remain steadfast on our closeness and our worship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May He forgive our sins. And those brothers and sisters around the world, our Muslim brothers and sisters that are suffering, may Allah subhanahu wa taala grant them ease. You know we are very fortunate in this country, and Alhamdulillah Allah has blessed us that we know even at the time of iftar when we are fasting, what we will be having for iftar, We know know where our next meal is coming from. But there are people around the world that they are not aware where their next meal is coming from. Mm -hmm. We pray for them that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us ease. And Mm -hmm. this is one of the spirits of the month of Ramadan to make us feel that gratitude and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for His countless blessings, His countless favors upon us. That He has blessed us
0: with so much. This is what Ramadan is about. Thank you for listening to the various of different episodes on this podcast with Sport Tech with Abu. And hopefully you are still with me. Hopefully you're enjoying this on various platforms where you listen to on your Spotify, Google Podcasts, Acast, Apple Music, any platforms. Please do listen to it and please give a comment, share, like, and subscribe to this unique and equalized podcast, Sport Tech with Abu. And I will see you on the next episode. So keep it tuned in. And various of interviews are on this podcast series as well. So I hope you enjoy it. And please spread the word. Sport Tech with Abu.